Press Box with Brad and John. Well, I can't believe it. 92 yards, and Lindsey really got in a foot race. I broke my chair. I came right to a chair, a metal steel chair with about a five-inch cushion. I broke it. The booth came apart. The stadium, well, the stadium fell down. Now they do have to renovate this thing. They'll have to rebuild it now. The Stonars a hole. Sedwell awaiting the slot. The spot. The kick is up. The kick is down. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat. Oh, they got him. Here They're comes coming the blue from the coat. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks into the end zone. Hunter Rimbaud caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Rimbo, and Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead. Now, Brad Sinketh and John Hyde with the Press Box on the Roar. Good morning, welcome to the Press Box. Brad Single here with John Hyde, broadcasting live on this Monday, February the 26th, 2024, from the Upcountry Fiber Studios here at the Roar. Hope you had a great weekend. We're very excited to be back here inside the Upcountry Fiber Studios and bring you three hours of sports talk today, and we'll get to a lot of different things recapping the weekend that was. You want to get in, 654 654- Seven six two seven six five four Roar is the number on the phone lines on the Adams and Co. Roofing Text Line here at the Roar 1055975 the Combine gets started this week. Clemson Spring Football gets started this week. Got a we'll touch on both of those today as we get you ready for what's to come. John, how you doing this morning? Doing well, Brad. How you doing this morning? I'm good. How was the weekend? It was good. A lot, lot of athletics, but in a, in a very good way. <laughs> a lot of athletics. Everybody was athleting out there to this weekend. Even those who were out of the sport. <laughs> whoa, whoa, what does that mean? Well, we'll get to Cam Newton later. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, there was maybe some athletic moves being shown in that video. Still that got viral. it, man. He still got it. <sighs> we'll, we'll get to it, yes. I don't want to lead off the show with that. But yeah, we'll uh, work our way there as we're recapping the weekend. Uh, what stood out to you? What's the best thing you saw? Clemson 74, Florida State 63. It's a good one. And seven in league play, setting things up exactly where you wanted as we round out the regular season here. I would agree. Uh, that was a well-played game for for the most part by the by the Tigers. Were you impressed with uh, you know the way they won that game and, and the contributions they got from so many people? Definitely. I mean, in a game where P.J. Hall plays 16 minutes, fouls out and gives you seven points and two rebounds, to be able to have the production from a Chase Hunter, from a Joe Girard, from an R.J. Godfrey, and he didn't score a ton, but to have 11 rebounds from Jack Clark, I, I think everybody just went in and picked up all the pieces, right? 
they just found a way to get it done. And it got a little uncomfortable there in the second half, but this team fought, closed it out, and, and got a really impressive win, in my opinion. Yeah, they did what you're supposed to do at home when things are getting a little dicey. You get another gear, and you, you finish the team off. And they certainly did that on Saturday evening. Uh, but, yeah, I thought, I thought Joe Girard uh, just it, – it's not always just the three itself that really helps the team. It's when he hits the three. You know, like Florida State's making a push, making a push. Girard's got this. Takes three, knocks it down. Okay, now, now there's a little breathing room. I want to know when I'm going to get to a point when I'm not going to be nervous in a late game situation when Joe Girard's shooting free throws. He hasn't missed, but I'm still. It's just is that just natural? Like I can't fight that. I, I don't. I don't know why you do. Uh, he's one of the greatest free throw shooters. I know. That's the, the thing. I can't figure era. out. <laughs> it's like just, I, I know he's going to make it, but I'm still a little bit nervous. I I'm not. When he steps to the free throw line, I'm already counting two points on the scoreboard. I'm afraid if I start doing that, that's when. That's when the miss well, happens. So I'm, well, I'm, I'm stay afraid nervous. To, yeah. <laughs> I will. Fine, just stay nervous. I can't fix it. Uh, 24 points on 5 of 12 shooting, uh, 4 of 11 from the three-point line, and 10 of 10 at the foul line. The only thing you can do is try to keep him from getting the ball late in the second half when you're trying to play catch-up, but once he gets it in his hands, it's over. Clips does a good job of making sure he ends up with the ball. Just, I, I remember the Syracuse game. I was like, why, Syracuse knows this guy as well as anybody in the country, and they just simply can't keep him from getting the ball. Florida State struggled with some of that, too. And Gerard was just... It, it was the timing of the shots. It was the timing of the free throws. It just it was when the team needed them the most. Uh, he was the standout, to me, of the, of the weekend for the Clemson Tigers. Chase Hunter, you mentioned, too, his offensive prowess. 16 points and four assists. So he did a lot. Uh, on the offensive end of the floor, six of twelve shooting. Not, he, I tell you, he's he his three point stroke looks better. He was two of five, so you know maybe you want to cut down one of those. But if you hit two, you're you're feeling pretty good. But his stroke looks better as of late. Do you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, more confidence. He pulls up with confidence now. It's not just uh, maybe it'll go in, maybe it won't. To me, it looks like when it leaves his hand, he feels like it's going in. Can I tell you something I thought was a huge deal in this game that allowed the Tigers to get the victory here? Yeah. Um, nine blocks to Florida State's two. I thought that was a big Ooh. deal, the way Ian Shefflin and I mean, P.J. Hall had a couple blocks, Godfrey with two. I thought they were very disruptive on the glass. Yeah, well, I think I think Clemson's defense just in, in general was really good. Now, Florida State shot a little bit higher clip in, in the second half, and they just... Florida State could not shoot free throws in the second half, just five of nine. Uh, but it was the I – th- I thought the defense was was really good for the Tigers for the vast majority of the game. Nine and seven in ACC play. Brad Brownell and the Tigers moving up in the um, ACC standings. And we'll not – well, not moving up, but getting on the, on the better side of 500, I should say, uh, as they continue to try to, you know, dig out of a little bit of a hole – uh, because really the standings at the top did not change among the top uh, five, six teams there. We we shall discuss that coming up later as we go through some of the other big games from the ACC throughout the weekend. And there were some big ones. And there was some storm going on up in uh, Winston-Salem. We'll, we'll talk about that. I'm sure there won't be any hot takes on that today, John. No, none whatsoever. <laughs> 654-ROAR if you've got a hot take on uh, Court Storm. 
What about Clemson baseball? Uh, were you impressed with their bounce back performance after what happened in Friday's game? And can you describe what happened in Friday's game? Eighteen to one is how they suffered their first loss of the season. I, I just can't. I really can't wrap my mind around that. Except that's baseball, right? And how we explain stuff we don't understand in, in especially in the collegiate game. We there's a lot of things that happen that we don't get. You just kind of go. That's baseball. I, I I don't know what that means, but it's the only thing I can do to explain it. And then they bounce back from that first loss to Kennesaw State to win eight to six on Saturday and seven to two yesterday to take the series. South Carolina took two or three from Belmont, so they will. So neither team will enter, no matter what happens during the weekday, enter the rivalry series this weekend undefeated. Brad, have you looked at Friday's box score? I mean, yeah, I looked at it on Friday it, night. Yeah, I, we don't have to pour into how just you know horrifically they they got beat, but I've just never seen a box score where you have two second basemen, two first basemen, two center fielders, two catchers, two shortstops like that. Just I've never seen a box score like that. It's called clearing the benches, literally <laughs> after you've waved the white flag. Uh, that was that was a struggle. That was a that was a struggle. That is. What 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 did you think about at least the re- the First of all, the eighteen to one loss happened. It wasn't good, and it just—it is what it is. It's baseball, and it just got away from, especially in the later innings. Oh I mean, yeah, goodness! Oh, to but, give up what five runs in the in the final three innings after an eighth eight run, um, fifth sort of just put the kibosh on any sort of, yeah. of of rally or comeback for the Tigers. How how do you how do you put a bow on that on eighteen to one loss? I give Coach Backage a lot of credit of not just keeping the lineup card intact. Of just not tolerating that. <laughs> Saying, hey, if you're not going to give the effort, you're going to sit. Exactly. Yeah. you got to send that message. So I give him a lot of credit in doing so. And then, you know, you give this team a lot of credit for responding that way. Because at the end of that, you know, Friday night, it could be difficult to pick yourself up and get to the ballpark on Saturday or Sunday and, and give your full effort. Oh, I think... Um... I think it's very difficult. I, I think what was surprising to me was just nobody could get an out. You know, like the, the pitchers could not not give up a run. Every single Tiger who took the mound gave up at least. I mean, one gave up one earned round, the other earned run. The other gave up multiple earned runs. Barlow gave up five. Clayton gave up four. Lagernick gave up one. Reed gave two. Olinchuk gave three. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, they all gave up multiple runs. Just, you know, the earned was a little bit different. Uh, Clemson made two errors in the game to Kennesaw State's one. And just a lot of hit, a lot of hard hit balls, a lot of just, ah, man, it was, it was it was a brutal game. But, you know, you bounce back, you have answers. Backage took it all on him after the game. You know, he said, it's on me. You know, he got to get his team to, ready to play and play better than this. And they, I, I think they, they took it the right way by their response on, on Saturday and Sunday. Definitely. And, and that's what I find to be interesting coming out of this weekend. Yeah, we can focus on the bad loss all we want to. 654 Roar, we'll talk about it. But I was impressed at how Coach Backage has finger on the pulse of this team and got them to respond. Do you have concerns about Billy Barlow? Um, Some. But I also, you know, we talked about this some last week. I'm not going to push the panic on a starter initially because it's his second start of the year and he didn't pitch much last year. Like, I know there's got to be some 
you gotta get back into the swing of things a little bit. Get the arm, get the arm back at it. Five runs. But it wasn't a good performance. Yeah, five runs all earned on eight hits. Pitched two innings, faced sixteen batters. Uh, Did not get very many. You know, just just six outs in in facing sixteen batters is rough. Yeah. Uh, I I I don't know. I I wouldn't be shocked if if there was a change. Just wouldn't be shocked. I'm not. I'm not saying I know anything. I just Friday night is such a huge game, and you think about the location and all. I mean, maybe you just hope that Barlow flushes it just one one bad outing, and then you get, you know, you get the bullpen ready, <laughs> just in case. But I'm still leaving. I'm still leaving the door open for potential change there. We'll see what happens. It's a lot of pressure on Friday night, isn't it? Oh, it's a massive amount of pressure. Going down there to that hostile environment, because it will be it will be rocking at Founders on Friday night. Oh, there's no question. Be the toughest environment they probably see all year. You're probably right. I think you're right. Yeah, got a lot of young players walking in there. A lot of guys new to your team who've never been in there before. It's a scary game. I mean, it really is. It's 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 a tough atmosphere. Things can get out of hand like they got out of hand at home the other night. Oh, definitely. I've seen it. You know, it happens. But that being said, just keep an eye on. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see what the midweek brings and then to see kind of what the what direction Backish wants to go with his rotation and lineup. Because I have a, I mean, I don't know if you agree with me on this. I feel like who gets the start tomorrow is going to be a pretty clear indicator as to what the plan is for Friday, in my opinion. Mm. Okay. So you're saying if Austin Gordon isn't ah there it is starting yeah. tomorrow, then you think he's in the weekend rotation? Potentially, yeah. Potentially. Yeah, the thing is, that'd be a lot of time off. So he and you're trying to ramp him up. So I don't know if that that much time off is good. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, at what point do you get him back into the weekend rotation? I still think, you you and I talked about this, so we still think it's a few weeks away. But how do you even do that? Is my question. Like, how do you if you're pitching him on the midweek? I guess you would just pitch him like maybe two innings and then move him to Saturday or Sunday, something like that. And then you could, you know, if you need to move him to Friday, it's a lot easier to do on on six days rest. You're you're just not going to pitch him on a Tuesday and start him on a Friday, obviously. But I don't know. They want Gordon on a, on a Friday. I don't know what the what the thought process is there with with setting all that up. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's sort of a wait and see. Approach again. This is all what you do in the early part of the season. You're tinkering. You're figuring out who's got the stuff, who doesn't. Stuff changes as you go throughout the year. It's a long season, so there's a lot of decisions that have to be made. I think on a on a daily weekend basis. I don't. I don't think anything should be set in stone early on in a college baseball season, other than I'm playing Cam Canarella every single inning that I possibly can. I mean that that's a lock. But other than that, uh, I just don't. I don't know that you're you're married to anything when you're when you're in a in an infancy of a season right now. I, I agree with you there. Uh, before we take our first break, I want to read a text here on the Adams Co. Roofing text line. The press box owned Landon Walker received some FaceTime and mentioned Clemson during the awesome Atlanta race yesterday. Let's go. Let's get let's get Prime on the TV. That's what I'm talking God, about. It's our guy. We we gave him the ball, but he had the confidence to do that, right? <laughs> it's all about us, yeah. We we, no, we we need to take not, all the credit no, here. No, Absolutely. We're not, we're, we're not taking any of the credit. Uh, <laughs> congratulations there. That's cool for Landon. I'm, I'm sure he got a big kick out of that. Oh, yeah. Man always likes to be on camera. He doesn't hate it. 
654-ROAR. You want to get in today, we'd love to hear from you. We'll talk more college basketball, more college baseball, and what happened over the weekend, plus what's to come this week on a busy show. Don't go anywhere on a Monday. Back after this. Carolina Top Dressing is your go-to solution for maintaining a healthy and vibrant lawn. With our specialized soil conditioning program, we ensure your grass stays nutritious and healthy. Right now, take advantage of our limited time offer and receive a free lawn aeration when you sign up for our program. Trust us to help your lawn thrive all season long. Visit us now at carolinatopdressing.com for your free quote. And as always, go Tigers! Twin Peaks is the best in the game. Here, the scenic views stick around after the sun sets, and your favorite cocktails keep you company long after overtime. Where else can you unwind with bourbon and late-night bites? Only at Twin Peaks, the number one sports bar. Don't let turnover stall your business. HTI is the Upstate's trusted attraction and retention partner. We work with employers to provide all things workplace, including recruiting, staffing, HR services, team building, and leadership training. Call Ryan at 513-6563 or visit htijobs.com backslash upstate today. Again, call Ryan at 513-6563 or visit htijobs.com backslash upstate today. Is your crawl space damp or musty? Water in your crawl space can cause wood to rot and creates an environment for mold and mildew that can make its way inside your home. Canty Foundation Specialist specializes in crawl space repair. Call us today for your free inspection so you can have the peace of mind knowing your crawl space is dry and your home is protected. Call today, 864-641-0176 or visit cantycanfixit.com. I'm Rick Davis with the Davis Law Group. I'm a proud Clemson alumni from the class of 1981. When folks come to see us, they've generally got a problem of some sort. And we start out by listening. That's what makes the Davis Law Group different. Whether it be a work-related injury, a problem dealing with an insurance company, or a family law issue, you are going to end up having to deal with the judicial system. And it is a journey. So what we try to do is help you find a path forward through that system in a way that you will have a fair result. Contact us today at davis.law. We'll be glad to help. Is switching your wireless service to Total by Verizon easy? Totalmente. And you get unlimited 5G data, $25 a line for four lines on the unlimited plan, at an amazing price with no contracts. Should you switch to Total by Verizon? Definitely. Uh, I mean, Totalmente. find a store or switch suavemente at totalbyverizon.com. Monthly rate when you activate without a pay, plus taxes and fees. Discount begins the month after you enroll. Additional terms apply. See website for data management practices. 2008 was an incredible year for me and my family. Not only was it the year that I became head coach at Clemson, but it was also the year that I found the only dealership I need for sales and service. Toyota of Easley is my kind of place. If you are considering the purchase of a new or used vehicle or need your current vehicle serviced or repaired, then I encourage you to go see the winning team at Toyota of Easley. Be sure and tell them Dabo sent you. Live and local sports talk coming to you from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. This is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Serving the five counties of the South Carolina Upstate, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. The Press Box with Brad and John. It makes it more competitive. The perfect way to get through your morning. Every time he opens his mouth, something irritating comes out. Weekdays from 9 to noon on The Roar. Where every day is game day. Now I'm free. 
We are back here live on the Roar of the Press Box with Brad and John. Some breaking news to get to in the NFL. Former Clemson Tigers receiver T. Higgins has received the franchise tag by the Cincinnati Bengals. They placed it on him reportedly this morning. Uh, This is not a surprise in any way. If you've listened to the Press Box, we've talked about this for a couple weeks now. Something that Cincinnati, in my opinion, had to do. I, I just don't think it would have been I'd have been dumb to let Higgins walk away. Yes, you're paying $20 million, but you're not paying Chase yet. So you don't have to pay Jamar Chase, you know, 25 or $29 million, whatever he ends up getting a year, probably be 30 Then you can go ahead and afford the $20 million tag on T. Higgins this year, and maybe you work out a deal, maybe you don't. It just depends on what you end up doing probably with Chase, too. I mean... They're definitely bringing back Chase. It's still unclear if they're going to bring back Higgins. And and how you set up Chase's salary, I don't know. Maybe if, if you can't get a deal done with Higgins, you franchise tag him again. It, it all depends on where they are in terms of making a run. But you can't get Higgins' value on the open market. And so, and you have to, for some of his caliber, you would just re-sign Higgins, right? Like if you're trying yeah, to Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so... So there just was no reason not to just bring Higgins back this season, pay him the twenty mil. Congratulations to him on a twenty million dollar deal. Uh, that that was that's the uh, estimated rate going for franchise tagged receivers in twenty twenty four. Yeah, exactly. So Higgins going to get some uh, a nice uh, nice paycheck there. You know the uh, didn't the. Chargers kind of do this with Mike Williams, didn't they? They franchise tagged. I believe they, they franchise tagged him. They ended up signing him, I think, before the tag went into effect, though. If I, I believe correctly. that to be correct, it's been a few years, but but I, I think that they'll uh, they'll continue to work on a deal with Higgins, and they'll continue to work on a deal with Chase. So you buy some time there, but you've got to give Joe Burrow all the possible weapons needed because you look at the AFC and you know who you have to go through, and you've beaten that team before. To get to the Super Bowl. So your window is still now. You know, Joe Burrow is entering really the first the first year of his of his new deal. So you've you've got to approach this as the mentality of make a run, put in, and they're gonna lose some free agents on the defensive side of the ball. They've got some work to do over there. But I don't think there's any reason for Cincinnati Bengals not to say, let's go after it. Baltimore isn't going anywhere, I don't think. I don't think they're gonna have, you know, uh, that big big regular season last year, and then just go go down to seven wins in twenty twenty four, and then you've got you know pretty tough division. Cleveland made the playoffs. The Steelers made the playoffs. They both probably think they can do that again. So there's a lot of a lot of um, I won't say angst in Cincinnati, but a little bit of pressure. When you look at the the landscape of the AFC, you don't want to fall back the other way. And by keeping T. Higgins on the roster, I think you give yourself an opportunity to continue to try to make that run, especially offensively, and what you got to do with with Burrow. So uh, you got to give him all the weapons you can. So it makes a lot of sense. But good for T. Higgins. Yeah, absolutely. Six five four Roar. You want to get in with us today? A lot of college baseball to talk about. College basketball as well. Let's go to Tar Heel Chad. He's up first. Hey, Tar Heel Chad. Fifty-four holes of golf, Brad. The back's a little tight this morning, uh, but uh, we we will get it right for the upcoming weekend. So that's the first thing. The second thing, 
You know, Tony Bennett is a great guy by all accounts. Super nice. Does a lot of good. Probably a nice guy. But watching Virginia play is literally the, it's the death of my eyeballs. They just completely, I can't, it feels like someone's taking a fire poker right in my eyes. Virginia, University, the Cavaliers scored six points in the first 15 minutes of the game against my beloved Tar Heels. It's a real thing six, that happened. Brad. One, two, three, four. It happened. I, you know, the other thing I'm sick to death of about Virginia, I know they're a good defensive team. But a lot of it is just stinking pace of play, pounding the ball up, walking it up, using every second of the shot clock. I just, Virginia is just like, I think Walt said it best, it's waterboarding of college college basketball. It's just an embarrassment. I mean, I'm glad we got out of the win. I just hate playing Virginia. I want to see games in the 80s, 90s, not in the, you know, 31 to 18. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I uh, I did not watch the game because I I don't know I don't purposely choose to see Virginia play basketball. Uh, I I texted John. I said I'm watching Kentucky and Alabama. This is intense. This is thrilling. I'm not wasting my time turning it over. I, I kept up with the game. I was I was looking at it on you know on the on the phone yeah. constantly, just keep up with the score, and right. and and it just stayed this ten point gap forever. You know, double digit gap. And I was like, I, I have no reason to turn it over there. If it would have gotten super close, I probably would have watched the final minutes. But uh, Virginia, forty four points after scoring sixteen in the first half. Oh, I, I'm sorry you had to witness that. I hope it never. I hope it doesn't happen again this year for you. Just wanted to win, whatever. Uh, second thing, the I don't want to really talk about the court storming, but what I want to ask, how many girlfriends go in the tunnel? A serious question of any game. And I know Filipowski's girlfriend's like 26. That's a whole other story for uh, another time. But how many girlfriends at basketball and college football go in the tunnel with the team at the end of a game or come out at the beginning of the game? Have you ever seen one? Not that I can recall. I don't know that it's all that that normal, but I, I can't say that it's never happened. And, you know, she just – I watched that video of her just giving the guy some sauce <laughs> on her way through. <laughs> the business. Oh, what a great – yeah, she gave the business. The last thing, the East Carolina Pirates, John, the barbecue capital of the world, what a great series. I say it, I've said it on this thing, East Carolina baseball, there's probably a better environment, but there's not many in the country, and especially when Wolfpack or the Tar Heels or somebody show up. They got after great series, two good baseball teams, good for them to winning it. But I said, yeah, just a great, I mean, it's like the craziest baseball thing. I mean, I, I can't imagine. John said to me on the phone, he's like, how many people hung over? And I said, well, how many adults didn't make it to work this morning? Because they got <laughs> yeah, after, after it. It yeah. was a long Sunday in Greenville. So, a lot of PTO anyway, being uh, used in Greenville we'll this morning. PTO. Uh, last, thing on, uh, last thing on the ACC is Clemson. I hadn't looked at the top four. I think we know is, is it going to come down to Wake? kind of Clemson for the fourth spot? Is that what it's looking like, or has Clemson still got a lot of work to do? I, I don't, I'm not following it, but I'll take it off there. You guys have a good week. Yep, thank you, Tar Heel Chad. I appreciate you getting in. 
the standings remain unchanged in terms of Clemson and Wake Forest. Uh, the Deeks did improve to ten and six with the win over Duke, and Clemson improved to nine and seven. So there's still just a game separating those two for that fourth and final uh, ACC tournament buy spot. So it, it's not decided. They let's see, you know, Clemson. I mean, Clemson has. We kept saying this was. You know, this was the winnable stretch of games here, right, for the Tigers. Both of them have Notre Dame coming up. Uh, Wake Forest plays the Irish tomorrow. And Clemson plays them. Is it this, when is it, John? When's the Notre Dame game for Clemson? Uh, give me one moment. I will have that for you. That is uh, this Saturday. It's this weekend. Okay. Yeah, at Pitt, Pitt during the week and then at home and then the, the uh, trip to South Bend coming up on Saturday. So that means Wake has to, let's see, Wake has Virginia Tech this weekend. And then they head into, of course, the final week of the regular season where the Tigers get Syracuse at home before going to Winston-Salem. And Wake Forest plays Georgia Tech at home before hosting the Tigers. So it, it it pretty much feels like it comes down to that game, John. I mean, there there could be some, some obviously somebody could could lose two of those games, but I would I would say they at worst they both lose once. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I think so. Before they get to that finale, yeah, yeah, I think you're I think you're on something there. Because Wake has Notre Dame, Virginia Tech on the road, Georgia Tech at home. Yeah, I could see them slipping up in Blacksburg. Clemson has Pitt at home, Notre Dame on the road, and Syracuse at home. Clemson should be Clemson should win the next three games. They should, although Pitt is going to present a pretty tough challenge in Little John. Yeah, they look good over the weekend for sure. Uh, we'll, we'll get more into that uh, coming up, but it's still up for grabs that fourth and final uh, double buy spot in the ACC tournament. I think it does matter uh, who gets that if you want to win the ACC tournament. Six five four roar. Delvin's up next. Hey, Delvin. How you guys doing? We're doing well. A couple of things. First of all, I I know everybody. I know y'all probably talk about the court, the court storming, and I feel bad for the kid. But didn't it look like that Philip Kowski in my I, I'm looking at the tape. Did he try to pull up Grayson Allen and took the dude that was running on the court with his foot? If you look at his foot, I don't know. I, I we we've zapruder this film like <laughs> like nobody's business. I mean, this thing has been. Watched and rewatched dozens and dozens of times by pretty much everyone. I I don't know anymore, Delvin, what exactly intent was for anybody or anything at this at this stage. I don't know. Yeah, but um, to me, it looked like he tried to pull up Grayson Allen and try to trip the dude that was running on the court. If you look, if you look at his foot, maybe so, hit, maybe so. Like I mean, the guy, yeah. the, the way I saw it, it wasn't even pretty. Is, the guy wasn't even paying attention to him, neither. Mm, I don't know. The the guy put his hands up first. Not not to like to hit him, but to like, you know, maybe either I'm not I'm not again, I don't know what intent was. I don't know if he thought he was gonna shove Philipowski or is he trying to guard himself if he ran into him. But his arms come up first and then Philipowski kinda, you know, doesn't kind of. He shoves him. And maybe he is trying to trip him too, I don't know. And then of course If you look at his foot, yeah, you know, what do you think about uh, – I, 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 I want to ask you and John, are we done now with the coach decision now that George State will hire a new coach? Are, are we sure we're done or we, is something going to happen out of nowhere that we don't know about? Uh, something probably happens. I mean, it, it, last summer I didn't expect – I was uh, – well, that was during the weekend in like the middle of July or something. The I think it was. Northwestern stuff? Yeah. 
I was, oh, yeah, yeah, I was we, out of town, like visiting family, and all of a sudden this whole story breaks in the middle of the summer. Well, also, we can't fully rule out coaching movement because I don't know where James Coley is today. Uh, we'll, oh, we'll get to on, that. John. You had, John, you had to do that now. But it is kind of funny, though, that, uh, that, it is kind of funny, though, that uh, Shane Blue got to go do another coaching search. Yeah, but in but in terms of head coaches, I don't I don't think it's over, Delvin. I in, in this day and age, we've seen enough, we've seen enough, um, you know, instances where it's it's impossible to to say. And, and can we see? I, I, I talked about Mickey earlier. Do you think we could see Screeter go with Dale McGee to Georgia State with the offensive coordinator since you're know, Allen's at at Georgia? Use the coach to get one of. I can see like I can see it as a possibility. Now, I don't know exactly where where Del McGee wants to go with his offense. We don't know that yet, but a possibility. Sure, we we talked about that last week. There's some some guys on that staff that'll probably get some opportunities to um, to uh, coach elsewhere. They're on the you know the the army of analysts that Georgia employs. Those guys will get a chance. Yeah, but like I said, if you look at the tape, I'm just saying though. Like you said, like you said, you can look at Tate any kind of way. You look at his foot; it looked like he stuck it out there and tripped the dude up. Well, like, like the foot was definitely out, out, but I don't, I don't know if I, if I can say the intent was to trip him. I mean, could be, could be. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think he slid his foot out extra long. Like, he didn't do a split on the court. Did you just quote <laughs> Coach K in defense of Grayson Allen from like six no, years ago? No, if the no, foot was yeah, out. He yeah. just didn't try yeah. to trip him. No, yeah. Grayson, Grayson yeah. Allen yeah, clearly John, was tripping people. Yeah, Grayson called him out on that. Yeah, he tried to do a Coach K. No, no, no. Grayson clearly was a was a habitual tripper. I don't, I don't know that I could say that that the intent was to trip the guy. Uh, he he did have his foot out, but it it could have just been a normal stride. He is a big, tall dude. We don't know. Yeah, but man, it was yeah. It, I just hit it for the Wake Forest team, man. You get a good win, and then but everybody's not talking about the win. They just talk about what happened afterwards. Yeah, that's a good point. Thanks for the call, Delvin. Appreciate you getting yeah, in today. Thank you. For the call, guys. Thank you. Uh, while we're on that subject, John, what did you make of Stormgate that occurred in Winston Salem over the weekend? I think it's ridiculous that everyone has to have a hot take on it. Um, yeah, you're right about that. It's just it's it's ludicrous in, in my opinion. But I think it was a, a bang bang play. Um, I think that it, <laughs> you got to go to the review. Yeah, var it. Well, everybody else is right. I mean, I have seen more still shots and camera angles that I didn't even know existed that were put all over Twitter on Saturday and Sunday. When did they put a camera up in in the rafters? How all of a sudden, yeah, view. we have aerial footage from that court storm and then the Caitlin Clark and Ohio State game. Like, how do we all of a sudden have these camera angles that we don't use in broadcast? Do the officials get these when they're reviewing calls? They, they must. They must be, but then how do they access it? I have no idea. You're asking me to figure out how reviews take place in college athletics, Brad? I can't I mean, make sense of how that. How does this happen to be a camera right overhead of Filipowski when this is going on on the storm, on the court storming? Like, how does that occur? I don't know. I don't know. I, that that was really odd to me. I think one of the. I also find it uh, rich that Duke's complaining about court storming when they had no problem storming the field on Labor Day night. But I digress. I think that it's everybody's at fault here. I think the students took the court too early. Yeah, they they definitely they definitely did. did. They full stop. They took the court too early. There was still time on the clock. Two. I've never seen students storm the court with that type of speed and intensity before. 
I mean, cause, you know, Brad, we, we got the Four Letter Network on here. They're debating it right now, and they've, yeah. they're showing the footage of what happened to Caitlin Clark. Those people were kind of jogging onto the, onto the court to meet at center. I've never seen students full-blown sprint like that to try to get to center court. But also at the same time, you know what's about to happen. You know you have lost the game. I don't need to have just this sad woe is me walk to the sideline either. You can move with a little bit of pep in your step. So that's why I think, I think everybody is in parts at fault here. You can't you can't go without blaming Duke, can you? You just can't. It, 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 you're just not going to allow yourself to blame Duke and without blaming Duke in some manner. Well, I just also Brett, have we found out the injury yet? Not that I've seen. I mean, he had no problem giving direct quotes ten minutes after it happened, but I still don't have the injury. Yeah, I, well, I mean, it, it was called a sprained foot, I believe. Is but what then it was the knee. John Shire said, I, "Yeah, I don't know." Or I think you know what? I think he said sprain. I don't. I don't think he. I don't think he said what it was. He sprained. I believe. I, I watched the John Shire press conference, and I, I believe he just used the word sprain. Six five four roar. Did you have a problem with what happened? Uh, should we just forget, should we just ban court storming and just get it out and like never allow it again? Put like thousands of security people on the on the field of the court if we have to, whatever it takes to make sure it doesn't happen. Or should we just let let just be an incident that occurred that hey, it's one or two involved the Caitlin Clark thing, but one or two out of thousands upon thousands of storming incidences. Where do you lie on this? Six five four one more to come. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Greg Ellie of the Prosperity Group. I'd like to invite you to tune into our radio show, The Prosperity Hour, on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. You'll learn about Social Security, how to maximize it, how to make an asset out of it, how to protect your retirement income and create a pension-like income that you can't outlive for both you and your spouse. I'll show you tax-free strategies that protect you against nursing homes and illnesses. Just give me a call at 864-989-0176 or go to mymoneyissafe.com. This week, it's an in-state showdown as the Clemson Tigers go head-to-head with the USC Upstate Spartans. It's a game that's sure to bring electricity and excitement, and you won't want to miss a single moment of the action from Doug Kingsmore Stadium. The Tigers are on the prowl, so make sure you tune in Tuesday at 3.30 to catch all the play-by-play coverage right here on the Clemson Athletic Network. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar, where every day is game day. It's the moment you dream of, the moment you work for, train for, run wind sprints when nobody's watching for, the moment when hours of gym time, court time, prep time, all culminate into this time, the moment when millions of bounces, blocks, and boards all add up to this, your moment. Ingles, we're with you every step of the way. Nick and Mike Bar and Grill, Clemson's choice for great dining, is pleasing you with their innovative food. Featuring two for $25 menu choices like Cajun or Creamy Alfredo, fried calamari, garlic basil pesto, meatball sub, or spaghetti, all served with Texas toast. Two entrees for just $25. And remember, Wine Wednesdays. Choose select wines for just $5 per glass. Open daily for lunch and dinner and brunch on Sundays. Nick and Mike Bar and Grill, 1310 Clemson Boulevard at the Best Western. 
This is Jared Burton on behalf of Burton Properties. My family owns and manages over 800 one- and two-bedroom apartments in the Clemson area. With safe and comfortable living, along with a friendly staff, Burton Properties can accommodate your apartment needs. You can visit the website at clemsonapartments.com or call one of our office numbers at either 653-7717 or 654-1130. Once again, that's Burton Properties, your friendly apartment leader in the Clemson area. You're scared. You cannot pay your credit cards. You cannot pay your medical bills. Someone suggests to you debt consolidation, combining them all in one payment. Can you really afford that? Is there something else you can do? Call me and see if bankruptcy can help you. Call me, Robert King. Together we will look for a thoughtful solution to your legal problem. Thompson & King, 300 South Tower Street in Anderson. Call 222-0200 or online at thompsonking.com. Thompson & King is a debt relief agency helping people file for bankruptcy under the bankruptcy code. New year, new you. I know you've been thinking about it because I was there too. I thought about it many years. And then I did it, dropped big pounds, and never looked back. Look, any time's a good time to start something good and something new. But now, with the holidays in the rearview mirror, now's the time to start Ph.D. If dropping weight's on your mind, just for a second, forget exercise. We know it's great for a million reasons. But instead, call Ph.D. because it starts in the kitchen. Drop that weight. Keep it off for life. Now's the time. Go to the website, myphdweightloss.com. Spring cleaning is always first thing on the to-do list this time of year, so don't forget yourself. Roosters is here to remind you how important it is to keep your hair and face fresh and clean this season. Roosters has a full menu of what you need for male grooming this spring to check that off of your list. Don't forget to set your next appointment with the professionals at Roosters on Pelham Road in Greenville by calling 884-8920. Gift cards are always available at Roosters. Give the gift that keeps on giving. I can't believe tax season is here already. But look at all this info I have to enter. Phil's small accounting firm is growing in numbers. Why didn't I take that typing class in high school? A data entry specialist could really help him in a crunch. I got blisters on my fingers. Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. You can schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from your employer dashboard. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. So what exactly are the net rankings? I have no idea! Tune in every day until March as we try to figure it out. The Roar, where every day is game day. We're back here live on The Roar, 946 AM. It's a lot of different opinions. You could have. Can you believe that? We're talking about a, a court storming incident that occurred at Wake Forest over the weekend with Duke and the Deeks. And you could have varying opinions on how you view the court storming and what occurred with Filipowski, the star Duke player who was apparently injured. I just want to make sure we, we acknowledge one thing that happened here because this has seemed to have gotten lost since the court storming took place. Duke lost the basketball game. We haven't. T- no one has mentioned that whatsoever in any outlet anywhere else. Yeah, eighty-three seventy-nine. Yeah, Duke lost the game. I just we need to make sure that that gets put out there before we just spend well, two hours Wake on court storming the game. I, I don't. I don't know why you framed it. With Duke lost the game. The, the well, storyline. How you want to frame it? Yeah. The storyline is that Wake Forest won the game and basically secured their bid into the NCAA tournament, whether they win the ACC tournament or not. They're getting in after that win. Uh, it's too late in the year to to find a way to mess that up. I, I think Wake's in now. I I understand, like, a texture gets in and says, I have to agree with John, Filipowski 
casually strolling off the court like he's oblivious to the wall of students printing toward him. It's almost like he was daring them to trample him, and they did. I don't know. I, I, I could see why you would view it that way. But at the same time, the game wasn't even over. I, I completely acknowledge and, that. And, and he is working toward the direction of the tunnel and the sideline. He's not going into – he's not facing the crowd walking into them. No, I, I, yes, and that's why I started with, with the students because they took the court with time on the, time on the clock at just a breakneck speed that I've never seen before from a court storming. They are, they, that's what you need to point out first. So I don't want to make it out like, you know, it was 100% on Filipowski because it's not. It, they are just as much at fault here. Well, if they're not on the court, then nothing occurs. But, John, if people are running right at you, you're probably going to respond in some manner. Maybe. And I don't, I, I, I don't know that. So we, the thing is we're having to judge intent. We're having to judge whether or not Filipowski was trying to be a you-know-what. Was he trying to fight or flight? Was he trying to get out of there or was and, he trying to fight somebody? And you know what? Maybe he was. I can't say that he wasn't, but also can't guarantee you that he was. I know we go on the history of Duke players, and some people will argue and push back on that. But I still don't think you can judge the true intent here of any of the parties involved. But if they're not on the court, then this doesn't happen. And I don't have a problem with Wake Forest storming the court. I really wish they could find a way to get people, get, get the, the personnel who's on the court off of it before the actual storming begins. You know, I don't. I don't really want to ban court storming. I, I, I'm not a fan of it. I've been a part of like sitting on press row when it occurs, and it's 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 a little it's a little hairy. It's one of those things like it feels a little dangerous in the moment. You just hoping nothing happens. You know, nothing occurs. Sure, something occurred. Now this is again. I think it's it's wild that it's only a, two incidents this year. I don't remember ever there being incidents reported. Over the last dec, you know, decade or two with, with Core Storm. Yeah. So we're probably lucky. But do we continue to let it be, you know, allowed in an incident? Another incident occurs and then another one. And I got, when, when, when does it stop? I, I, it's something that I don't want to see leave. Um, I think that it's, it's one of the cool things about college athletics. Like you don't see in an NBA arena. You don't see it in an NFL stadium. Like, I think that's something that's just very unique about college athletics that I think is a very good thing. But there's got to be ways in which we can do it safer. There's got to be ways that we can do it more, just not like a mad dash free-for-all like it was there in Winston-Salem. Texture says it was Wake Forest's fault for not controlling the time of the storming of the court, but the Duke players should be smarter than that. I think that's a pretty good assessment of the situation. Yeah. I mean, they, they took the court with time on the clock. Plain and simple. But I still have a hard time getting upset with Filipowski when all he's doing is trying. I mean, he may have intent. He's mad because they just lost the game. Whatever. You're, you're judging that intent. But the fact that he can't, he can't leave the court. You know, there's not an avenue for him to walk off the court. In the NBA, this doesn't happen. You know, in, in, in no professional sports does this happen. Why are we allowed to keep people from storming the court in, in professional sports? But in college, this occurs. I just think we need to find ways to, you know, what was it when UConn lost on the road and there was a court storming, but they had it kind of where they walled off UConn and gave them a direct path back to the locker room. Yeah. Like, I, there's ways to do this where 
it doesn't happen just like this. I mean, we can kind of, I think would be a great thing is once the game goes final, you got 10 seconds after the handshake line and then the court's all yours. That might be the only really, it's not even a good solution, but a, a reasonable solution is that if you want to storm the court, there has to be, and not not even storm it, you can come out onto the court. The yeah. problem is there's still a lot of problems with that in terms of like you don't want people all on your basketball court. But like at Duke, for instance, once the game is over, you can go down on the court. You know, once the, the sides have cleared and everything, like anybody who wants can just walk down on the court. I haven't really seen that at, at a lot of places. Like at Clemson, I don't. I don't think they let people out on the court, do they? Uh, not that way. I haven't been a little John this year, so I can't say for certain. Um, North Carolina, I don't ever recall seeing it. But once the game is over at, at Duke, and, and, and maybe probably some other arenas. So to your point, that might be the best way to do it. Yeah, kind of like an open embrace thing like Clemson does with football to gather at the paw. Yeah, if you want to do something like that. It's just... Player safety is important, folks. I, I don't I don't understand why that isn't the number one leading discussion point is player safety. And it's extra says, can't this just be an accident? You know, can't we just call this, you know, basically just say, hey, this was one time incident occurred. It's not rampant. That makes a lot of sense. I'll I'll, I'll give you that. The problem is we are in a society where you have to be incredibly reactionary to everything that happens. And I, again, I don't want to ban it, even though I'm the wrong person to support core storming. I don't necessarily want to ban it. I just wish there was a better way so that we can make sure the players and the coaches are off the court. And the other thing, too, John, is that it, if you allow fans on the court, I, I don't want there to be fan incidences on the court, you know? Like, uh, imagine like, the, the game the other night, uh, the Southland teams that play that got into the brawl oh yeah imagine if fans were on the court when that brawl happened that could have gotten really bad but i also don't think that like like how much court storming is going like i don't think it's like this like where, where it's not happening every single game I mean, that was a monumental occasion for wake forest to be able to do that yeah you know, like I, I don't want to make it act like that it's every single game in winston-salem people are like just rushing the court at the end of every single game. Right. This is the one time out of 20-something games they've played this year. Do I think that the team it occurred with could could bring on change? Sure. I think, I think you're living under a rock if you don't think Duke doesn't get the attention of decision makers. Well, I mean, John, you and I, we we sort of joke, but we all know it's true who runs the ACC, the schools that get the treatment and those that don't. There's a hierarchy. I'm sorry, there is. I, I've been around this league for nearly 40 years. I, I've seen it. There is. There's a certain teams get treated differently than others kind of feel to it. I mean, how many times have we talked about this year based on how P.J. Hall gets treated versus other big men? So do you think the ACC is reactive to this now, Commissioner Phillips did release a statement, but there was nothing in the statement that, you know, it wasn't like he was like, we're going to change all the rules today. You know, it wasn't like that. But do you think the ACC reacts to this incident? Yes. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know that they, <laughs> they should or they can't. But the problem right now is we have dissenting views on how schools feel about this. 
Brett, there's a lot of places that the universities will happily write the check. This, the five, six-figure check because of what it means to donations and memories and all these different things. Yeah. I know. I know. I, like, just... I, I remember. I know it's football. It's a different sport. But I remember when Arkansas beat Texas at home. And there's footage of the AD just like like just cheering, like so excited. Yeah, I'll write that check. I'll write another one. Let's do it again next week. I, I, I don't think the fines are a huge uh, deterrent. They're not a deterrent. I think they're a minor deterrent. But to your point, it's it's hard to say that they are. They're a real deterrent to keep people from doing it. Now, the ACC should they at least institute the ACC will at least start doing some fines, right? Like they'll at least try to sort of get this under control. We're doing something, right? You know, <laughs> just something, anything. We're doing something to try to combat this. And, and if they don't, they're just going to have like a, ro- a lot of really upset coaches, and I'm not talking about John Shire alone, but others will probably get involved in that. You know, Steve Forbes said after the game he is not pro-court storming. He does not like it. He says it's always a sort of a scary moment. You're really concerned about the health and safety of your players. Why are we doing that? Why, why are we putting people in harm's way for no reason? Again, intent or not, nothing occurs if... Filipowski walks off the court. There's no incident. So why are we even allow? I, again, find a way to allow them to have their moment and enjoy it, but get the players off the court. Security is asked to do something they're not. They're just not equipped to do. I'm not. I'm not blaming security. Are you? Not one bit. Or what those people are getting paid to do those jobs in that moment. I, I'm not trying to tackle 20 students. You know, we had, we had a, a texter get in, you know, say, what, what's the purpose of all the guys in the yellow jackets? I mean, what are they supposed to do in that situation? No clue. No clue. I've, I have set, you know, courtside and stuff with, with media things and, and seen the, the attempts. And I've, I've seen the, the security say, no, stay back. You, you, you at least have to wait till the game is over. You know, they're doing everything they can. But there's two security guards standing on the corner holding a rope, and there's, you know, 110 students staring right at them about to, about to bull rush them. I mean, what are you, you, you going to stand there and take it, or you going to get out of the way? I'm getting out of the way. <laughs> you going to drop the rope? Yeah, I'm out of the way. You going to think about your bank account, and then you going to drop the rope? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, they should not be blamed whatsoever in this situation, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, th- this is not over. I can assure you, this does not go away. This is going to be talked about, especially in the offices of the ACC today, headquarters office. Probably all all morning and afternoon. This whole week. God, can you imagine the phone call Phillips probably got from Shire? And wait, let, let's just take it one step further, just for a little bit of fun. Can you imagine if Coach K was still the head coach at Duke and this happened? They would ban the lectures they, everybody would be getting. They would ban the lectures. He would have gone straight into Wake Forest locker room and reamed those players out. He would he would have lectured the security guards in a in a press conference. Oh, absolutely. Oh man. That would have been something. Uh, also, they they would have banned opponents from having fans in their arenas. Oh, he would have instituted like you know, 
COVID arenas. Yeah, yeah. When Duke yeah, comes like to town, because it's not fair to have people in the stands because they could hurt me, and I'm, we're not having it. Oh, the jokes. They're easy to to spin off of that, but uh, it does feel... I, look, I, Shire had to stick up for his team. Of course, I, yeah. I, I don't blame him whatsoever. He's doing what he is supposed to do, stick up for his guy and his program. He didn't say anything in that in that post-game press conference that I'm like, ooh, what was it that? You know, I mean, he's, he's got to do what he's got to do. And he tried to do everything he could to say, wait, got a great win, but and there was a big butt on the end of that. 6-5-4, roar. A lot to get to. We kick off hour number two here in just a few minutes on The Roar. We'll be right back. WCCP-FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville-Anderson, WAHT-AM 